Rodriguez. Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk. Powered by thegrillaposition.com and proud part of the Roar Network. We're also sponsored by collarandelbowbrand.com where you can get 10% off when you use our promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. Also in partnership with HypeCityVapors.com where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape by using promo code JK Podcast as well. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TB Talk Pod. As always, I am Big Joe. We have from Hitting the Mercs, Mr. Rick Vickery. Welcome back to the podcast, sir. It's the RBV, Rick Vickery from the Hitting the Mercs Pro Wrestling Podcast. Back again. Uh, an honor to be back here again on Turnbuckle Talk with you, Big Joe. I think, you know, if we we're going to use uh, the, you know, the proper terminology, uh, Carl's out on assignment. Hey, but, you know, it's, you know, Usually during Monday night or, or a big event as we were last night during, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when we're recording, you know, last night during the chamber, we kind of run in the same circles. We're involved in the same live discussions. Uh, I just hit up a couple of the same live discussions. And I said it was almost like I got the call from the governor who was giving me a stay uh, <laughs> on you know my, my turn to get into the chair on death row because I, I get to join you to, to talk a little wrestling and it's going to pull me away from the actual mo- my normal Monday night viewing of Raw. So a nice little shakeup. Hey, WWE, remember when you told us for a shakeup? I'm getting my shakeup here. Awesome. Like you mentioned, Rick, of course, we're one night removed of an elimination chamber. Before we get into kind of more of the, the details, more or less here, overall take on the show in general. Well, I, I know, as I, you know, I mentioned there, put over, you know, we kind of run in those same circles where we're doing the live chats and everyone's kind of sharing their, their their feelings on what we're seeing develop. Man, I know you had a, you had a lot of issues with this show. It even actually went as far to turn it off during the show. And you know what? I wasn't that down on it. I, I gave this thing uh, about three and a half face slaps. For those not familiar with that, I also work on the Hami Media Group. That's kind of our thing over there. We slap yep. things in the face. So mm-hmm. I guess in layman's terms, it would be about three stars. I, I thought uh, definitely some, some major lows. Uh, and I know there was a lot of just small nuances that, that you're so that you regularly pick up on big Joe that, that really irritated you to no end. as I said, you, you had those kind of played in there yet. You had those lows, but I thought the highs, the, the memorable parts saved this show. Mm-hmm. But actually, you know, I was sitting down in, in the locker room on the Hami media group, you know, this morning, we had to run through this entire thing, man. It really only felt, you know, when it came to the matches it was only about the chambers and in between there, you know, obviously, it was about interest in where our story is going forward. Not a whole lot of developments or anything or, you know, moments to grab you. But I thought the Chambers did enough to uh, to keep me interested throughout this thing and where I'm not really – I wasn't so bitter on it as we're sitting here at Day Removed. I definitely agree, you know, the the men's Chamber match and the women's Chamber match to a certain extent. Uh, maybe a little bit more than yourself than me, you know, kind of held the show up there. But uh, some, some very strange things kind of peppered in throughout there, including Lacey Evans coming out. And an Emelina sort of fashion, just coming down, walking about three quarters of the way down the ramp and then walking back up. And I was literally left. This is shortly before I tuned out. Well, I didn't tune out. I just muted it and had it on the background and actually ended up watching a rerun of last week's Ring of Honor episode. But um, it was a very confusing moment, just that one in particular, where just I went, I, I think, okay, what know, happened there? <laughs> Well, you know, in that in that moment, it, it really, you know, a lot of people were they got that Emmalina feeling. Mm-hmm. And WWE, you know, we've heard word, I believe it was uh, over on the Observer Radio, where they were talking about this and giving us the reasoning, you know, for the creative decision. And I guess that they are looking, um, you know, 
I, I don't know when it's going to jumpstart, but she is going to be set for some kind of, you know, what they're considering now a major push. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that leads her into WrestleMania season or Possibly. if they're looking for something post WrestleMania. So the idea is we don't have to do so much with her. But it's going to remind individuals that she is still there. She's going to still you know, be able to show, you know, in her persona, you know, that grace and that elegance from her. And immediately, I guess, I think just because it's you know it's beautiful women with a, a, a exotic look. I like mm -hmm. I like the pinup look. I've always enjoyed that. I, I wish she would she could connect a little better in the ring because I, I love her look and I love the act and all that. So immediately we go to Emelina. I guess my biggest issue is we're kind of doing that silent act here. We've already seen that with the EC3. Mm -hmm. I mean, so it's, is it just, they don't, they, it seems like when they called up these people, it was almost, we got to shake something up. We got to promise this, but they had no idea what they were going to do here. Yeah. It seemed uh, very much at, at first kind of glance, it almost feels like a mistake where she comes out and, oh, oh, maybe, maybe I wasn't supposed to come out. You know, even though the, the production and everything kind of came on at, at first glance, that's what it felt like. Yeah, I mean, you kind of had that vibe because even they cut to the commercials, the promos real yeah. quick. Like, wait a minute, we got to scratch this. <laughs> yeah. for, you know, but I mean, you're on your own network, and they they got out early last night. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, was one of those things because you know, as I said, you know, the middle of this card, and even in the pre-show, you're watching these promo packets repeat after repeat, and you realize I, I'm only in the pre-show. I still got four hours of a main card, and then if I want to, mm. I got three hours of Raw. I got two hours of SmackDown. We're talking 10 hours and three days to commit to WWE programming. And you had mentioned during the pre-show with them kind of cutting in during the match and showing uh, showing promos on the way out to during the entrance for Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley. They cut away and showed all the, the commentator teams during the whole entrance. They, they, they cut out three quarters or more of, of the, the whole entrance. They, it took me completely out of the beginning of that match. I was just like... Did I miss something there? Like, huh? like it's it it, uh, it was it was very strange. I, I hate when they kind of overlay this kind of stuff when there's something actually going on. Well, you know, it just goes back, and we see this on their weekly programming. They're having trouble letting you digest what you just see. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have something like a physicality like that happen, you, you want to have a moment to take it in, for better or worse. I mean, you're not going to be able to invoke any kind of emotion if I'm immediately supposed to jump. You know, to, to the next segment or what you've got going on. I, I love that you mentioned here. I mean, yeah, it, it's great that they run through the other announcers, but right now, you know, we should have been focusing on the Intercontinental Champion. Do it at the beginning he, of the show. That's he, a perfect he's got time. The odds in his favor. Well, even post match. You know, yes. after he, he lays out Rush, they cut they cut right away to mm -hmm. another. Wasn't someone else's music or something yes. hit? Yeah. I mean, right away, we didn't have any moment to take in what we had just seen. Mm hmm. And that's a that's a growing problem with their products right now. Now you did mention earlier with beautiful women, and I got to say the two things that I popped for most for the evening it was of course your Char looking very voluptuous for lack of a better term, candid as as a thirty eight heterosexual wrestling fan. I popped for that moment. She looked fantastic, and of course Nia Jax going through that um, through that chamber pod. Those were my two big pops of the night. I'll be the first one to admit, yes, Nia Jax was one of my big pops of the night. Her going through that, that was just like, oh, oh my God. Well, you know, I, I kind of was, this morning I said I was recording with, with Jarga, you know, my tag team partner over on the Hitting Mark Pro Wrestling Podcast. We're also involved in the locker room on Mondays mornings. Yeah. And I, I thought she looked so fabulous. I mean, just, I, I envied, I envied whoever 
yes. you know, got to lather her down with this mm-hmm. lotion. She was shy. <laughs> she was popping. And you know how I feel about my precious Shar Shar. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that you, you bring up here the spot with Daya. And I think, which is, which is so great right now with her. And I think she's actually getting better feeding off of it. Yeah. That it's, I mean, I literally found my, we heard so many people talking about <laughs> last night that they, they, it's been so long, but they were actually rooting for Kofi Kingston, you know, edge of the seat. It would have made their moment. Well, I felt, I felt that same way in the women's match. I wanted anyone except for Nia Jax. I am to the point where I am now on the edge of my seat where almost that go away heat is almost evolving into positive heat where I'm almost nervous that she's going to win a big moment like that. Yeah. And to see her shatter through that pod uh, and to see, you know, her just go down another rung here, which I thought, you know, it was great how they, they booked her out of that match. They, they, Tamina took the pin for her team. I thought Tamina looked strong in there. Yes, she did. I, I, and I liked, I thought uh, Rose and DeVille, I thought they elevated themselves last night. You know, Mandy Rose looked look like a boss uh, regularly throughout that yeah. match. She, she's looking like the star they want her to be. DeVille, I, I know you were kind of, early, early in that match, there were some, it, it seemed a little awkward where they were like trying to push those spots. But once they settled in, I thought they, that they all did a really good job. What do you think about the the placement of the women's chamber match right at the beginning? As for for me personally, myself, it, it felt you know with the match itself, like you had mentioned, and I'm glad you mentioned that that first quarter to a half of the match, it felt like they were all kind of given a, a list and an order of spots to do to kind of hit check by check by check by check, and then it felt like as they kind of got into it, there was a little bit more improvis more improvising going on, but it almost kind of felt like after after that, it's like. <sighs> Like, like, I almost kind of burned out after that first match, and then we just kind of cruised through, you know, the mid portion of the show. Well, you're exactly right. It is one of my gripes when we have, <clears throat> especially, I think a lot of you know, the listeners here, pro wrestling enthusiasts out there, we're all really tired of these gimmick pay-per-views. You know, where, well, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's after Rumble, it's time for the Chamber. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like we're building up where it's a significance every time. And... To be expected when you, especially when you have two of those matches on the same show. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen what two of them are doing to the Rumble. Yes. I can't remember. And one of the things I was thinking of, like, at least I enjoyed this show more than the Rumble. And me and you are the same boat. The Rumble's our favorite pay per view of the year. Yep. I mean, so when you're when you're expected, and now you're you're really confined in there. You know who's in the match. It's not a big surprise who's coming out. What time in the pod? We've seen all the spots, you know, coming off the top of the pods, going through them. We've seen them run through these every time, in and out. So when they, the ladies had to open, this is, you know, they're setting a precedent. This is going to be historic, you know, really. If, if you didn't like the talents or whatever, I, I thought they could have done better there. But we are, we are crowning, uh, you know, WWE women's tag team champions. I, I thought, you know, they got to bring their tempo. They got to bring their game. They know there's going to be a, a great one coming on here later. Mm-hmm. But but what it really did, I thought the ladies, they delivered. It was more than I ever could have expected. But I don't I didn't really care until we got to the men's match about this show. I mean there were a couple storyline points, but that was it. And it brings up you know, the the aspect of me being the old school wrestling fan, I know you are to a large extent as well, Rick. And you know, for for the longest time, you know, typically the, the shows were built in in a fashion to where you start off with not necessarily your weakest match right at the beginning, but we would kind of we would start off and then we would kind of slowly kind of uphill build towards a crescendo to end the, to end the show off. But now it feels like it's, it's like a roller coaster a lot of times where it's, we go big and we go down, we go big and then we go down instead of that consistent build to that wow show ending moment. 
Well, I think a lot of the issue there, it's a part of the reason you know why I love New Japan. Mm. You, you know their match card order because it's going to build in importance. But you got, and they got so many different styles. Mm. Problem with WWE is, as you were mentioning, you know, back in the day, we'd get, we'd get a big opener with like a beloved baby face yeah. who had great character, who was going to get the crowd energized. You know, I'm thinking about guys, you know, like a like a Tito. Tito Santana, yes. or even, you know, a Coco Beware, or even if you had to run up, the Rockers were great. They were high energy, you know? Yep. You had those great personas back then, but then in the case of the Rockers, you had a different style. You were going to see the high-flying action. Now the problem is that they try to give away so much, so much in the first two matches. By the time we get into the, the meat and potatoes of the card, we've seen most of the spots. All their movesets are the same. Yeah, it brings up you know the point you know, we had mentioned before with uh, I guess that you had recently the name totally escapes me, but of mentioning of seeing too many of the same spots and too many of the same moments happening on the same show. That that, that whole element of the surprise, you know, that that I'm especially a fan of. We get to miss out on some of that when when we just we see the buckle bomb previous so many times we see the super kick so many times we see that five person corner power bomb move done multiple times you know that's one thing with those chamber matches you had mentioned in these gimmick shows is that that element of that surprise of those things happening is kind of going away because we always see these moments and I think you know it's a combination it's part of just society we're more in that video game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, look at the movies. You know, I, I love turning on like old Turner classics where they're going to build up suspense or something like that. I don't have to see like the most, you know, you know, brutal beatings or, you know, the brutality, all that. I mean, give me the illusion of it. To mm-hmm. me, that's what works and give me a great character. We're, we're losing character because everything has to happen so fast and everyone's trying to get their stuff in. It's almost like, you know, there's no flow from agent to agent needs match, making sure they're protecting your main event. And, and ultimately, since we've evolved towards that, and a, a lot of, you know, when we hear Vince McMahon coming out and he gives that speech to Becky Lynch, you think you're bigger. Well, no, no. And, and when he says, I'm the man and WWE is the biggest, that sounds great, but that's a reality. And that's mm-hmm. how they treat it. They don't build. When they started calling everyone a superstar, they stopped building true stars. So we don't have, you know, those true marquees, except for a few. Because we know, you know, Brock Lesnar's not going to bow down to him. Brock is still Brock. You know, if you yeah. don't like that he's not going to be there, guess what? He still drops. Now speaking, you're going to have individuals like that. Everyone else is just kind of, uh, hey, you know, um, if if the tire goes flat, we're just going to get another one. You know, if something breaks on the car, we just get another piece and we keep rolling down the road. Yeah, you know, and thankfully, you know, we ended with the the men's chamber match. I thought, you know, that was definitely for me the highlight of the night. I thought they did very well with that. It was very much a surprise I did not see coming, you know, Kofi getting that that moment to kind of shine. You know, you can make the argument, you know, should they have put the, the title on him or not? To me, I think it was a good enough moment to where they didn't necessarily have to go there because when I look at Kofi Kingston and nothing against him, I've always been a fan. He's, his work rate is great in the ring. His character... You know, it is what it is, but you can't deny the guy's ability in the ring. But is he WWE Championship material? And it's hard to make the case for him being that. And I could see, I exactly see where you're coming from. And I agree in in the instant of last night. You know, it was not the right call. Uh, to speak to the match real quick itself, I love the booking. And I love how it, it was different than the women's booking. You know, at one point, we yeah. saw all 12 women in that match. Mm-hmm. I love how they started picking off individuals so that we could get down to the final two. And then it really seemed like an old classic cage match to me yes. in many ways. 
So, so you get that kind of that, that old school feeling, two guys out there willing to do anything. And as you're talking about Kofi, you could feel that energy, 11 years of hunger, of being looked over for a main event scene like that. I mean, this guy's he's got tag team records. He's got, I, I don't even know how many off the top of my head, you know, United States Championships and Intercontinental Championship rings. Yeah. I mean, this guy has assembled a, quite a resume, definitely Hall of Fame material. But the one thing he's never been able to do is crack that ceiling to get to that main event. And, and a lot of people, as I said, they, they were on the edge of the seat. They were invested here. Yes. Why would you give that away? I mean, really think about this right now. I, I, I know he's been there 11 years, and this is a moment. This is the most important moment in his WWF career. But why give that away in a week? He only started this Build Tuesday. And, and, and Yes, what I'm seeing now. I mean, and obviously, you know, the reality of the situation is he wasn't even supposed to be in this spot. No. But hey, this, but just, you know, it's just not in professional wrestling. It's about any profession that you're in. You know, they might have somebody else in line for a manager's job or promotion. It doesn't pan out. When they come to you, you seize opportunity. It's about what you do with it. When you're given the ball, can you run with it? And Kofi Kingston definitely has done that. Uh, I think, you know, it was actually a blessing in disguise. He's better off in this position than. Uh, than Ali would have been. And, and now we're hearing yeah. that that was kind of just driven by the Saudi deal, which, you know, just I know how you feel about that. When the when yeah. the real politics start getting into the politics, it drives you crazy there. Yeah. But hell, now now you've got instead of giving Kofi that moment there, you know, I said, obviously he has to. What do you say? He's got to be a pick for him and Brian one on one at Fastlane. Yeah. Or even go as far as going WrestleMania. Now, is a WrestleMania <laughs> sells WrestleMania, but that's, you know, it's a hard you know, it's going to be hard to say what what elevates the WWE Championship now. Yep. Be, uh, beyond just what it has become, the mid card championship for WrestleMania. What big matches there? But I was, you know, I would say if Kofi can, you know, if he if he can turn this into a long run stretch where people are invested for him, mm-hmm. I would love to see him be that post WrestleMania challenge where he's yeah. that hot baby on the chase during kind of that slower period to see what he can really do. I would definitely agree. And and for me, Daniel was the big standard of the match. I was very skeptical of this whole character and his whole approach. But, I mean, he is doing every right move and every right thing, even going as far as changing that title belt to, to become a real top-notch heel in the company. You know, everyone's caught up in what's going on here, you know, centered around Ronda and Becky and Shar Shar. Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan is the hottest persona yep. in WWE right now. Mm-hmm. What he is doing is magnificent. I mean, it, 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 it is greatness. And and then for them to go out there and find a way to let Kofi push him and actually put heat back yep. on him, because you know there's that worry that when they start going to these blue states, they're going to cheer his message. Mm-hmm. But you get someone as lovable as Kofi facing off against him, you know, he's not he's not so lovable anymore. He's he's now he's reminding you that he's that little tour uh, dirtbag Daniel Bryan yeah. instead of you know the guy out there preaching to save the environment. Yeah, so you know, luckily that you know it was still a good match. You know, there was some really good stuff with uh, with Daniel and uh, Joe as well. Uh, Randy Orton and Jeff Hardy kind of absent in that match. They didn't really do a ton there. They they had a couple of decent spots there, but I thought there was some really good psychology with Joe and Daniel too. There, there was there's some interesting stuff there that almost kind of harkened to the uh, ROH days. Well, you know, you're talking about, you know, the, the true legends in there, Hardy and Orton. They were there for their spots. Yep. Hit a big out of nowhere RKO, and, and Hardy hits that sweet 10 off of the top of the pod onto the turnbuckle. Cool. That's what he was there for. Yeah. 
and I know a lot of fans were a little disappointed to see Joe be the first one eliminated. But, you know, in retrospect, look where Joe's placed on the card. That's so his right. role. Yep. And and he was in there long enough. He had a tremendous run in there and accomplished a lot, a lot of great things to entertain that crowd. Let me ask you a question about Samoa Joe, Rick. Is Samoa Joe the type of wrestler that needs a title to be who he needs to be? No, I think a lot of people are more upset with it because, you know, as a fan, when you get behind somebody like that, you pick up a little bit of self-gratification in mm-hmm. saying that. You know, Jargo and I talk this all the time, and Joe is, when we talk about legit badasses, yeah. he's a guy, he's a game changer. Absolutely. You know, you know some shit Always has been. Serious. Yep. You know it's about to get serious when, when he just shows up, and that's just how he carries himself. He's so good. But like you're right, but you're saying, though, at this stage in the game, it would, it would definitely be a cherry on top of an incredible career mm-hmm. to pick up one of the, you know, one of those major championships. But I don't think it's necessarily one of those things that that he needs to define him. No, and to me, there's a bigger, bigger and better payoff to have him chase that over a long period of time. Because then, you know, when he finally does achieve it, you know, done properly, it really feels like that real accomplishment when it does happen. I guess one of your tricks, though, is you, is you need to in this day and age where They've given out so many of them. And it seems like now they're trying to pull back from that a little bit where it's not like, okay, you're the flavor. You're getting your run here. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to see. And this is no knock on a town. He's one of my favorite towns. I think he's got an incredible work rate. But, you know, like Dolph Ziggler, he didn't really need championship runs. Nope. But then you want to be you want to be careful, though, where you get to the point where it's like, okay, Joe's just getting – they need, they need a, a stopgap. It's October. They need a challenger. Here comes Joe where you don't take it serious. Mm-hmm. We had mentioned, or I think you had mentioned earlier, of marquee players missing in action. Where and what is going on with Mr. Bray Wyatt these days? We haven't heard much from him. Well, hey, you talk about one of the great unsolved mysteries, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't even think I don't even think they've even tried made an attempt to find him. I don't even see him on any milk cartons or anything. Nope. I, I, last time I've seen him and really even heard of him was going back to Starcast here in Cincinnati. Wow. He came out and worked, and he was working his traditional gimmick, and, and that was a lot because they didn't have a lot of star power available there. No. They had to shake, they had to shake some things up, and especially for a marquee you know, live event like that. So they brought him in. That's the last time I heard of. You got any news on him? I have no news on him. Just purely speculation on what I, you know, some ideas I've had cooking in my brain for me, you know, to maybe help beep up that, um, that tag division. You know, put them together with Bo. And, you know, then get the brothers together and see if they could uh, have some type of run and do something. You know, I, I was always against that for, for whatever mm-hmm. reason. It just, I, Me too. I didn't want to play into it. But now, but now I, could, I could see your argument here. Mm-hmm. No, I, I love him, him and Axel together. But come on, the B team has run its course. And we, yeah, need some really, serious, really nice. we need some serious contenders inside that division. So you could have Bray come claim his brother back, you know, and bring him, you know, just not, you know, legit brothers, but bring him into the Wyatt family. This just kind of occurred to me. Do you think there was any, because, I mean, we haven't seen, we've got Rowan, obviously. Yep. He's out here with, with Daniel Bryan. Yep. Uh, Harper, I believe he's been cleared. I know he was dealing with some stuff, but it doesn't seem like they have anything for him at the time. Yeah. And, and Bray, as, as we're talking about, has been missing in action. I wonder if there was any change in plans when Bryan made the pitch to have Rowan with him as his mm. corner man. 
That's an interesting, interesting idea. Yeah, I think that you know, I think Rome was definitely the right choice to go with the other, uh, you know, that we're saving the planet uh, gimmick there. But uh, Harper, I think you know, he could be just kind of left out of the shuffle. To be per- perfectly honest with you, you know, it could just be him and Bo. And you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be this Wyatt family thing. They could, they could totally repackage him too. Now, as what? I I, I have no clue. To be perfectly honest with you. Well, uh, we're we're going back here. We we're talking about potential. We just kind of touched on a little bit. What about this for for Bray Wyatt? Could he be a big enough name to draw interest to challenge Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania? Mm, they, they definitely have some history together. You've got the history there. Now you've got Brian aligned with Rowan, so you got you've got further tie into the Wyatt family, yep. and you could really sell it as Bray coming out. You're trying to save this godforsaken world. I want to destroy it. There you go. There's your pitch. There's your angle. I mean, that could be your tie in there. I mean, you got the the eater of worlds, correct? I know there was a time where he, you know, he would get on people for, uh, you know, gluttonous behavior and things like that. But mm-hmm. we could we could spin that where you know you know what. I, I want to destroy this world that you're talking about saving. Mm-hmm. I think you could get in some deep, dark stuff between those two and revisit that program. And I think it's something, you know, it, it's obviously not going to be a marquee, like if you could include The Rock or something, but I mm-hmm. think it, it's definitely going to, you know, it's going to fancy fans like us. Yeah, for sure. Now, you had mentioned Bray Wyatt being involved in StarCast. Another person that we're seeing involved with StarCast is... Mr. Mark Calloway, The Undertaker. I meant to say Starcade. Starcade. Well, we're going with we're, we're going with Starcast anyways. Undertaker appearing at Starcast. Does this necessarily mean? Because I, I think everybody's hopping on this bandwagon. Though this means Undertaker's done with WWE. I don't think. I don't think so, don't at, think all. so I, at all. I know this. This had you a little hot under the collar, didn't it? I think it, it, it did. I think it did because it it was one of those things where that. The, the excitement around him appearing at something is I think I would have rather have seen him during do, do this, during more kind of in his prime, you know, and the, the asking price for him outside of the WWE, like, it's very, very high. And dare I say that, that it almost kind of feels like he's doing it for the wrong reasons. Am I misreading uh, that? No, I, I wouldn't necessarily agree with you here, Big Joe. And, and you're right. I mean, obviously you want to see anybody kind of at their best Yeah. now. And I know when we see and we hear the name undertaker will be there. We, we immediately were conjuring up the grand images of the dead man. Yep. Now, and what he meant with Dennis, but let's look at what, you know, how he's been representing himself. He's really, rep- he's beginning to represent himself more as the man. Mm-hmm. We've seen where he was, you know, we'd never would have saw this a decade ago where he was actually, you know, Mark Calloway talking to, young wrestlers about some of the issues uh, facing today's product and, and the words that he was, you know, parlaying to them is right. What you've been yelling, man, you character, slow down. You, you got to tell the story. You got to captivate instead of, you know, hitting all the spots like that. Yep. I think, and I, I, I was there, I was at Starcade and Starcast <laughs> and at Starcast, it was a very respectful group. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone was very uh, appreciative and that actually came from both sides, from you know the business insiders. You know, I was lucky, lucky enough to be there with press credentials, and then just you know the regular fans that were there. Everyone coming together, and it was such a great family environment. I think that people would truly appreciate if the man just show up, shows up, and, and maybe 
you know, if we get to see Mark tells us about his stories in pro wrestling and kind of remove the character a little bit, because going forward, you can't be the Undertaker forever. No. And who's going to have more and and some of the best stories out there than the Undertaker? I mean, the, the guy has been around for so long and has worked with pretty much every big name in the business. I mean, the, the guy's got to have a million and one different stories. Well, it, it, I, you know, if, if we get that side of him, I'm going to be appreciative of that. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you one thing I do not want to see is because at all in involved with Starcast, we saw uh, the, the penis druids. Mm-hmm. I, I hope he doesn't get involved with anything like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, a combination of maybe him and Joey Ryan. That, that could be a really weird situation there. But I, I, I do. I, I, don't know. I think I'd, I'd be, I would probably be having an aneurysm <laughs> equal equal to yours and Jim Cornette's oh, combined. Oh man, it's all something like this. But you know, your your co-host Jargo did mention uh, on a episode a little ways back now that he felt that th- that whole story was probably one of the best angles of 2018. And it just it felt so pro pro wrestling at the end of the day, it, you know. Given the the other things going going on, it's kind of hard to argue against that. It was a pretty uh, pretty significant moment, even you know, but still very very ridiculous. There's just no getting around it. Yeah, and that's <clears> just something I hope he doesn't become involved with. And I think with respect <sighs> to his character, I mean, you might see the man on the show, but I, I don't yeah. think he'd be entertaining or involved in something. Yeah, or even have him come out as the as the biker character. You know, maybe the maybe that's a way to maybe get around some legal issues. Who well, knows? and you know, he he might be able to do. We got to remember this thing is just an association yep. with with all elite wrestling right now. Mm-hmm. So he might not even be contractually able to go work a show like that. Yeah. Well, speaking of all elite wrestling, let's get away from WWE a little bit here. Double or nothing, selling out, almost instantaneously, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, they had, <laughs> I mean, this thing is, I think they ended up, I mean, it's twelve to 14,000 seats available in this arena. Yep. Hey, do, you, do you watch Being the Elite at all? I or, try or to catch. Road to Double or Nothing? I, I've been trying to watch it as much as I can. I mentioned that there's, there's so much friggin' content out there that I, I do miss some of it. But, uh, it's yeah. It, it, it's got to be one of your boss big guys. I mean, oh, yeah. You know, it, it takes 15 minutes. I always, yep. one of the things I popped over is when they were laying out the seats. And they hear the number like twelve five, and Cody looks over and he's like, "Why the hell did we call this double or nothing?" <laughs> but yeah, they had like twenty five thousand just for the pre sale. Yeah, uh, and then immediately, then they held over a couple hundred for the actual sale. And things were like that. Yeah, gone, gone. Uh, which you know, this thing is still hot. People are clamoring for it. I like that they announced the cruise there. I thought they might lose a, a little bit of steam when they also announced that we're going to get these other dates. You know, essentially mm-hmm. we got five dates announced, and that's just for the all elite side of this thing. I thought it might slow down a little bit there. Uh, Eat Pro, completely wrong on that one. People are still clamoring to get to this thing. Now, is this going to be something that's going to live up to the hype? Do you think? I, I think, you know, at this show right now, uh, they're going to have to make that adjustment. And uh, we've seen already with some of these rallies, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of people going in there where they want a lot of excitement, where we're a little more um, uh, pizzazz. Yeah. You know, they're finding their way. They're actually settling in now to running a, a real promotion. You yeah. know, by like 20, 
by 2020, they're going to be on television mm-hmm. every week. You know, so we can't expect, you know, these these dream matches each and every event. Uh, you had mentioned television with the AEW, and I've been seeing some more kind of rumblings and rumors when it comes to that. And one thing that I have been seeing, and I think would be kind of a disappointing thing for a Canadian wrestling fan such as myself, is if they end up on Access TV. Because then I don't think that there's any way for that to be available in Canada legitimately. Well, and we, we, that's another thing. We haven't heard a lot about inter- international distribution right now. Mm-hmm. Which definitely, you, know, you guys north of the border here, uh, obviously that's going to present a major issue. Really? They're going to have to start you know, announcing these other deals. And, and now we know in one of these dates they are traveling over to the UK. Yep. That's going to be closer to you know, the, te- the television debut. So, you know, what are the dealings going to be there? I think, you know, with all this kind of hype and, and maybe it's just more of us drumming it up than the actual reality of the situation. And, you know, one thing I keep saying is you know, I keep hearing about this con money. Mm-hmm. I keep hearing about all this money they got. And, and I really knocked them for the presentation at the, at the MGM uh, press conference. You know, it, to me, it just looked like, you know, I, I'm involved with Battle on the Border Pro Wrestling. We've got a great show coming up this Saturday here in uh, Southern Ohio. Yep. Looks like something that we could put together on a couple thousand dollar budget. You know, I, I was expecting, you know, we knew Kenny Omega's coming. Why didn't he fly in in a helicopter? Mm-hmm. Some big Vegas style, baby, you know? And, and I know Carl had brought up, you know, why? why? You know, save your money for something like that. No, you got, you got to make a good early impression. Mm. I don't care what you're going to do in a couple of weeks or what you're going to do in October, you got to wow me now. And that just might be the marketing side of it. Now, if they do decide to go with access TV for the U S audience, I think then you're almost in a position where I think, you know, to hit up your other big markets like the UK, like here in Canada, which is a huge market for professional wrestling. I think then for those markets, you're going to have to look into, you know, like a Netflix or some type of streaming service to, to be able to cover that part of the audience. Cause if they, if they leave us out, that's leaving out, that's leaving a lot of money on the table, Rick. And I think, I almost think, you know, for this hype that we heard and them coming out, well, we're in, we're, we're in talks with five major networks. And again, that might just have been, you know, the sheets or, you know, us that, kind of like on the analyst side of this here yeah. maybe we overhyped it a little bit you know yeah, like yeah. anything almost short of you know the, the warner companies is almost mm. a disappointment to me when you look at this you know what they can actually reach yeah otherwise you get caught into the and i hate to say it you know the impact situation to where you know they're putting on a fantastic product but nobody's watching Right. I mean, right now, since they moved over to, is it Pursuit Television that they're on? It's a hunting channel. Yeah, they, they drew like <laughs> 7,000 people, or like 12,000 on the hunting channel, oh. uh, and 7,000 on Twitch. So yeah. they are down to 19,000 watching their weekly yeah. programming. It's, I don't know what they saw in in that situation they went uh, it just, the connection doesn't make any sense and, and for a hunting channel, for them to go Okay, so yeah, let's bring in some pro wrestling. <laughs> it's actually they actually didn't have a home, yeah. so this channel is actually owned by their parent company Anthem. Yeah, that I get. So they so they yeah. said you know so now you know they are you know it's not like they have to pay for a spot, but mm-hmm. they it's not like they're getting someone that would pay them. You know, Spike was paying them a million an episode. Yeah, 
that they were using towards their production and, I, and the impact apologists. And I don't want to attack the company. I think it's a great product. But yeah. on the business side of things here, very you confusing. Know, quite a bit of letdowns. I mean, yeah. I mean, you're you're not you're not sharing advertising with an outside station. That's great. Yeah. But with twelve thousand people watching, you're not demanding the highest advertising dollar. No. And especially for soup television. Yeah. Uh, when they when they've got you probably uh, shoehorned in between uh, Hunt for Sasquatch and uh, <laughs> Big Deer Buck Hunter, you know, I, I don't think that they're really having that much of a layover in any of those shows more than the, the massive advertising. But you know, this is supposed to be this is supposed to be a staff gap, staff gap until they can go find someone else. But you're out there shopping to anyone twelve thousand viewers, and, yeah. and you're almost matching that on Twitch. Yeah, that's yeah. It, it'd be, it'd be uh, maybe a bad uh, comparison, but it would be like if WWE show a main event if that showed up on the W Network. You know, just uh, it'd be like a really bizarre fit, right? Or if uh, if they did some show, well, with- let's, let's remember uh, WWE used to run on those networks. Yeah. SmackDown was on there for a little while in one yeah. of those incarnations of uh, the WB or whatever. Yeah. Or what's next? Uh, New Day on the Food Network. Hey, there we go. Pancakes, uh, pancakes galore. <laughs> you had mentioned the the Jericho Cruise. They did announce that as well, and that's actually something Carl and I are going to look into actually to see if we can actually get on board the ship. It's probably going to be easier said than done, though. Uh, that actually, I, I've got a friend of mine, uh, as I mentioned, doing some work with Battle of the Border Pro Wrestling. Uh, he handles all of our production there. He was on that cruise, and he said it was unbelievable. Yeah. It almost had me to the selling point where it's almost I can't miss. Yeah. Uh, definitely, you know, if they're going to continue to do these, it's 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 right there as one of these must things, short term bucket list here in the next you know five years. Yeah, I think they're going to sell it rather quickly, so we'll have to be uh, hovering around the computer to see if we can uh, get on. Once they announce that sale, it's it's going to go fast, so I'm hoping that we can get in on that. Okay, we're, we're talking about uh, potentially dropping the ball. We were asking what was going on with Lacey Evans. She she just came out and interrupted Heavy Machinery, did her little strut on the catwalk, did her little pose, and came back around. Uh, and then Heavy Machinery is now doing their I guess in a mocking fashion of her doing the bushwhacker strut. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, of course, yeah, we're recording this while Monday Night Raw is happening. So who knows? Something might uh, come up. We'll discuss as it happens. Uh, Breaking if news. I was, if I was a betting man, I would, not, I would say anything important is going to come up on Raw. <laughs> but I definitely would not have called uh, Lacey, coming, Lacey Evans coming out to heavy machinery. That would have I, been uh, not something I would have expected. If I didn't look up and just see them doing the bushwhacker act, I wouldn't even mention it. <laughs> All right, Rick, we're going to take a quick break here, and we're going to come back with our showstopper segment for this week. It's an interesting one about old-school wrestlers coming back for one more match. So we'll be right back, guys. Independent contractors in the professional wrestling industry, if you're looking for a way to put the power of the media in your own hands, contact Pinned LLC. Pinned LLC is media and marketing for the professional wrestling industry. It's your one-stop, one-click online profile and so much more. With Pinned, you'll receive a full background story, photo gallery, an interview conducted with you, links to all your social media and where you can be booked, and yes, a 60-second custom television commercial all about you. Get more info today. Email pin.biz at gmail.com. That's pin.biz at gmail.com. Or click the icon at thegorillaposition.com to get more info about PIN. Remember, get connected, get booked, get pinned. This is the Deadbeat Wolf Teller. Here's the machine to turn off the talk. 
Alright guys, Big Joe here on Turnbuckle Talk with special guest Rick Vickery. Thanks again for being on uh, there, Rick. Hey, uh, again, thank you. Anytime, anytime that, that you guys need a helping hand, you know where to reach out to. Uh, hey, that's, that's what makes us a, a great little brotherhood here on the Roar Network. Absolutely. So let's get to our showstopper segment for this week, Rick. And of course, I had mentioned before the break, we're talking old school wrestlers returning for one more match. And if this is something that's good... Is it bad? Is it ugly? Is it somewhere in the middle? Let's get your take on it first. Is this something that you're a fan of, or is this something that uh, you kind of frown upon? Well, you know, as I was checking out the run here, I, I, my, my initial thought was, yeah, you know, if they could still go out there, you know, if there's still a, a, a consumer that, that wants it, if there's still a drive, a desire out there on the market, then mm-hmm. I'm definitely, definitely for it. I guess. One deterrent I could see, though, if I could go the rest of my life without ever hearing you still got it. <laughs> okay, that would what? Work. What? <laughs> yeah, it's one of those, you know. Uh, this is awesome. You still got it, and what? I mean, we, those are things that when they retire, they need to stay retired. We don't need them coming back for for a one off, one great, one more performance. But yeah, I mean, as long as you know. And we've seen some great returns, you know, where mm-hmm. we've seen an individual maybe not go out the ideal way. Uh, so, you know, they get themselves back in shape here. They look tremendous. Uh, so, yeah, and it, it all about the occasion, too. You know, is this to uh, is it, is it, you know, to honor someone else? Is it, is it a marquee event? I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. But I guess maybe where you guys were kind of getting at here when you kind of laid this out for conversation, we're seeing a lot of a lot of situations where maybe, and you hate to take money out of anyone's pockets, mm-hmm. but it almost, it's painful to sit back and watch it. I'm wondering if you're thinking the same thing I'm thinking, because this is actually one of the main reasons why I put this on the run and picked it for the show supper statement. And this goes back to probably one of the most infamous moments of last year. I am, of course, talking about the Crown Jewel event in Saudi Arabia. And we had Shawn Michaels coming back for possibly one more match when he very explicitly, very specifically told us that once he retired, he was done. He was not going to do this. So, and you know, me and especially my regular co-host Carl was, you know, who's, who's a, as big of a Shawn Michaels fan as you can get. He was very disappointed in this whole thing happening. Well, you almost even got the sense going into it that maybe HBK was almost pressured into this mm-hmm. thing. I mean, he, he got, he got paid. I mean, he got flat what out paid. He got paid so much that Brock Lesnar's, uh, you know, his deal <laughs> in his contract where he has to be matched at the highest pay, he yeah. got bumped up. <laughs> so when you're moving Brock's payday up, you know you're getting paid. So Shawn Michaels had a lot on the table. So for that, man, it's hard to take away. And even, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, how much money is too much money? Let's be real. You want to set up as many future generations as you possibly can. So you can yeah. never have enough money if you're looking at the grand scheme of things. But even had the, you look at sometimes, you know, building up to it, it didn't look like maybe his entire heart and being was into it. No. And even, you know, during the actual match... Honest. It goes out there and gives his best effort. Yeah. And, you know, but we, 
I believe used the term or the way we worded it is that it felt like, you know, with the exception of maybe Kane and, you know, to a certain extent Hunter, like it just, it felt like, you know, battle over the, uh, the pills or the old folks home, you know, like it's what, uh, it kind of turned into like a slow motion kind of, uh, you know, we're, we're just, we're, we're just trying to get through this here guys without hurting ourselves. Well, I mean, how much you even did that match change though? Hunter probably was going to be the workhorse in there. Oh yeah, and absolutely. Goes, it, it, it it just rips his pack. Yeah, you yeah. know. So at this point, you almost got to go on the fly here. Yeah, and and Sean's got to be, you know, he's got to take the yeah. the grunt of this thing for his team. And and you know, really thinking back on that thing, the only thing that we could have done without, and he's the showstopper. He wanted to leave one of those lasting impressions. Was yeah. that move call? Yeah. You know that match. It should have just been more about hitting some. You know, hitting. You know the gimmick spots. You know, getting the, the crowd motivated behind you. Yeah. I didn't think we really need that. I don't. I don't think that crowd needed it. No. You know, it, for me, you know, where it all kind of boils down to here, my overall opinion, this is that with pretty much any of these older school guys that are still around, if they can still go in the ring, I'm okay with the you know for the large majority. But they're the big one, that one percent that I really, really never want to see again. And I don't know if you already knew who I'm referring to here, Rick, but. Hulk Hogan. If Hulk Hogan ever steps back in that ring again, be ready for a big Joe rant on Turnbuckle Talk because <laughs> it's you know gonna, it's going to be a meltdown of epic proportions. If if his body doesn't explode when he takes that first body slam in the ring, uh, I, I think immediately the segment. If he steps back in the ring, we're going to have to get you and Jargo together. Yes, uh, because I mean this might be. You know, like the Big Bang or the, yeah. you know, the implosion of the universe, if you will. I mean, you guys, your heads are going to explode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, we were talking about Sean and you know, the, the possibility of of Hogan. I, I, you know, my all-time favorite, my namesake, the reason I spell the name the way I do, going all the way back. When I, Every time when I see these stories every so many months that kind of surface that flare might be clear. You know, it gets to a point like I, I don't – and maybe it's selfish – you know, hey, let's just take up a GoFundMe to try to equal the payday so you don't have to get in there and do this anymore. Uh, you know, another another great example, going back to MLW a couple weeks ago, Sandman comes out as, as a surprise partner yeah. for Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it was great. He had his old – he had his real music. They had Metallica. He, nice. he got the intro. That was nice. But then immediately it was like, Oh man! I, I mean, he was working in like dungarees and like work boots. You know, mm-hmm. that's what he was wrestling in. Yeah. Now you had mentioned, you know, your your hero there, Mr. Ric Flair. Um, he's another one too that uh, you know I kind of forgot about. Is that he does, he, dude? He had probably one of the best retirement and exit matches, not only in WWE history but probably in the history of professional wrestling. The way that that match ended with him and Sean was perfect. They don't need to a revisit that, and Rick doesn't need to get back into the ring again, you know, in a working match capacity because his his career, at least in WWE, but I think really in professional wrestling, it ended. You can't really hope for anything better than that kind of moment. Well, hey, who who, who the hell am I? It's a question the goat. Uh, but how about he stop getting married there, buddy? <laughs> stop giving oh. everybody every time you get a run. Stop giving your money away yeah. to the next pretty face. I mean, watching him. Watching him in Impact Wrestling TNA back in the day, I mean, that was it, it, yeah. him and Hogan yeah. main eventing a pay per view. You know, just 
10 years ago. I mean, how yeah. cringeworthy was that? Well, Rick's the, the, uh, the Larry King of the professional wrestling business. I think he's been, uh, his goal, I think, is to get married probably more times than him. He's speaking of Larry King. I saw him resurface. He was doing info commercials now. Yeah. So even, even the great Larry King, you know, he can't hang up the microphone. Yeah. I, I think he does a, a podcast or some, uh, I think actually, I think it might be a YouTube channel or something. Yeah. He, he still interviews people and, uh, you know, so yeah, who knows? They give, they give anybody a podcast these days. <laughs> All right, Rick. Well, it's about uh, time to wrap things up here. It was a good uh, talk. We, we covered some pretty interesting stuff this week. And of course, Elimination Chamber, some kind of mixed feelings there, but uh, you know, there was still a fair amount of good stuff to take away from that. So uh, I, I know for the last little while, I tend to crap on WWE a lot, but you know, occasionally they do do some cool things and uh, I will be the first to give them props for that. So, so for, for those who like to kind of accuse me of always crying crap on their product, I do give uh, credit when it is due. Well, you know, as I always say, you know, people, oh, you just want to hate on the product. It, no, it's not about that. It's not, it's not that we're trying to blast it or break it down. It, it's just, you know, that's what we do here. We, we kind of analyze things. We're critiquing yep. what we see. We're making observations because we want things to be better. We want them to be the absolute best that they can be, and we want the best for, you know, the superstars that are shining on their stage. Yep, absolutely. All right, Rick. Well, before we go, let everybody know where they can find you on social media. Well, as, uh, as I'm constantly shill, 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 victory, shill, you know, you can check me out on the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. Yep. You can stay up with us uh, on all social media. That's Facebook. That's Twitter. That's Instagram. Anywhere that, that the cool kids are chatting, you're going to find us. Uh, but the main spot you can find all of our shows is over at Hitting the Marks podbean.com uh, those episodes they drop every Friday that's our wrestling portion of the show you also uh, can pick us up on last word on pro wrestling and as part of the roar network over at the gorillaposition.com we also offer another couple a variety of shows on our uh, HTM platform uh, we talk sports every Tuesday afternoon we do that live on twitch uh, hitting the marks, Twitch, backslash twitch.com whatever it is over there yep. uh, and we also uh, welcome Robin Nelson who uh, He's, a, he's an interview specialist, and right now he's been bringing some out from the vault and talking some of the hottest indie stars going around. Uh, those air on Wednesdays. So you can find everything in audio form over at hittingthemarks.podbean.com. Absolutely. And just a reminder as well that uh, we are sponsored by CollarAndElbow.com, and you can, of course, use our um, our promo code JK Podcast to get 10% off any purchase that you make over there, as well as HypeCityVapors.com, where you can get 15% off with them if you use our offer code JK Podcast. And, of course, make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TBTalkPod. And, of course, to listen to the episodes, you can find us on Podbean, Google Play, iTunes, and all those other podcatchers out there. And, of course, powered by the GrillPosition.com and proud part of the Roar Network where you can find Hitting the marks, you can find going home. You can find signature spot with top, Chris Toplack, average marks, and all other kinds of stuff there too. And all the articles being written at the website as well. So there's a ton of wrestling content over there to check it out. You are never short on uh, things to listen to or to read over there. And we will see you guys on the next one. This is Ryan Bowman, Editor-in-Chief of TheGorillaPosition.com, telling the stories of pro wrestling storytellers, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk with Joe and Carl.